the NFL Podcast. Really need to get to their bye week. From the Chris Wesley Podcast Studio, it's around the NFL. There is no bye week. We've pounded doors in this building for years seeking that bye week. At least Mark and I. Greg's like, oh, keep me here every day. I love it. (laughs) But it's not happening. It is the first Sunday of December, and it is the week 13 Sunday flagship show for the Around the NFL. And I will say this, Mark Sessler, uh, and it happened to me as well. Um, It happened to you with the first game we're going to talk about. Once again, the 2021 NFL season, just when you think you have all the answers, they go and change the questions. It's a very hard season to figure out. It's um, it's a muddled mess because I thought I was doing my job by, you know, observing games from last week and games leading up to last week, and coming away with observations that I thought were informed and strong, and and they're shredded entirely. And also on a more psychological level, I spent all of yesterday thinking it was week fourteen, and did not realize Ooh. till I got to work that it was week thirteen. So I'm just saying, you know, That's it is a, a bit one. of a marathon, and that was a mental miscue on my part. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the emotional uh, ride that Mark has gone with his belief in certain AFC North teams. How about all those afternoon games? Like, all came down to one foot. You change one foot in the Washington game where Carr misses the open touchdown. Certainly, you know, we'll get to the Ravens game. And then that 49ers ending. Al Pacino told this us that's happen. how football operates. We, we, we thought uh, this was a, the worst <laughs> week of uh, games on paper, but it was a good Sunday. It ended up working what, out. Are you talking about just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back well, in? Any given Sunday. Are you talking about Yeah, well, I mean, maybe somewhere in between those eras, you know. He's you. Do you you know the speech that everyone knows the speech I'm discussing? He's just in the locker room. He's going hooah. No, he's nice. Saying a little bit more. You got a great. They're trying to take it away from you. The inches, Greg. That's what I. I'm trying to. Ah, okay. You know. Good. Good callback. All right. It's not enough. There's not enough good football movies. I agree with that, with that, but I'm, I feel like I'm the only one. It's, I'm, it's some niche French film. I'm well, just, I used I'm, to say that, and then I saw the trailer for the new Kurt Warner movie, and now I think you're back in. You. We got a chance. You're back in. We got a chance. Okay. American Hero. Great title for a, a football film. Yes or no, Greg? Is that the? Are you sure that's the title? American Hero. Uh, Gravedigger shaking. American his head, Underdog. No. Ah, what did I say? That's what I said, Wait, right? No, you did not say that. But that's all right. So we're gonna get to all the games that were played on Sunday, uh, and why not? Why not start? Yes, with the late games. Uh, there are there were two that ended within minutes of each other. High on drama, and yes, the first one, AFC North. Buckle up, baby. Hooah! Freeman stands to his right. Freeman gets a fake. Big rush. He throws it. And it's dropped by Mark Andrews. Had one hand on it. Out in the right flat. And he dropped the ball. And the Steelers preserve a victory with 12 seconds to go. Wow. Bill Hillgrove with the call. All right, let's. That was not a drop by Mark Andrews. He got a fingertip on it. A two-point conversion. That's what John Harbaugh said. The Ravens score the touchdown, pull within one point. They said, we want to go for two. We want to win the ball game, John Harbaugh said. Play like a Raven, all that stuff. He went for the win, but that gamble cost the Ravens and kept the Steelers in the mix in the AFC North. The pass went incomplete. Lamar just overthrew his tight end. 2019 final. 
Sammy Watkins had the big touchdown catch on a great little route to get it within one with 12 seconds to play. But Pittsburgh got the stop or got a little lucky, whatever you want to say. Either way, they got the win. Marky, I try to warn you. I said, don't, you can't count out Pittsburgh. This is what they do. And this was a spot where they were desperate for a win and the Ravens could stand to take a loss and all of it all played out and the Steelers are in the mix still. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I, it's like I'm not uninformed by the idea that Pittsburgh is a, a resilient team that does things like this. But I, what I had seen coming into this game and frankly, what they showed on offense for the first three quarters of this game all played up to what we were saying about Pittsburgh's like insufficient offense. I mean, just an absolute mess. They had 18 plays in the first half. They had 93 total yards, and the Ravens put up 23 minutes of time of possession, which is the most the Ravens have had against any tw- team in 20 years. Where Pittsburgh was staying alive was they were doing what other teams have done to Lamar Jackson. Seven sacks on the day, coaxed them into an early, costly interception. And then at that point, Pittsburgh's offense, I think they found themselves. I mean, we've seen it for spurts in certain games, but the Najee Harris and Benny Snell started to get to Pittsburgh right up the middle with runs right up the gut. And you finally started to get plays from Big Ben. He hit Chase Claypool on a 40-yarder. Deontay, Deontay uh, Harris like started to completely come alive in this game. They, Deontay Johnson, sorry. They absolutely, like fourth quarter-wise, you get, it gives you hope if you're a Steelers fan, the way that they were able to, I think, use play action, which you know Tony Roma pointed this out too, that their only successful plays seemed to come off that. And they started to use a little bit more in Big Ben's arm. He threw one, some of the better passes he's thrown on the year to get them back into this game. Um, it was a classic Steelers-Ravens game in many different mm. ways. If this is the last Ben Roethlisberger victory, and you know Mark was saying all week they're not going to win another game all season, so it's possible. They all got, right, let Mark off the hook. It's they, been a tough year no, for all of us. They got, a, they got a tough schedule. <laughs> I'm just having fun because I, I don't think Mark really believed that, so I'm having fun with it. I also don't I think, think Ma- Mark— <laughs> I, I believe they were done as a playoff right, team. Right. And in and this that, AFC— they're not done. That that still might end up being true with this schedule. They're not in the playoffs right now. But you went from believing that to when they finished that touchdown drive and Deontay Johnson put it on Marlon Humphrey and I believe injured Marlon Humphrey because his route was so good because Marlon Humphrey's hurt. Now, uh, at that point in the game, you said, oh, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be in the AFC Championship, isn't he? Well, he's like, doing I, a little thing. I can thing. just see it now. And, yeah. And that is, that is an unbelievable fourth quarter. To go four for 78 touchdown, 10 for 50 field goal, 11 for 59 touchdown is outrageous. And for Lamar to get them back in that position then come up about two inches short if he, if he just puts that ball like Big Ben inch. did his little thing where he like, points up to the sky and I was just like I'm going to be he, he's not out of my life in well four or five almost weeks. like uh, what Greg alluded to there was a report that came out Saturday that this is going to be Big Ben's final season and if this <laughs> is the end for Big Ben I guess if you're a Steelers fan who's been nostalgic thinking about that and all the memories that have passed uh, during his long career this was a bit of a vintage throwback game now um, that decision by John Harbaugh it was fun as hell in the moment, we all applauded it in the newsroom. We all stared at our screens and um, with <laughs> with awe and reverence for a man having onions that size. Uh, but there was also a strategic reason behind it, according to Harbaugh, who uh, told the media after the game that I- issues in the secondary helped prompt the decision. Into the decision making to go for two instead of just try to win the game right there. We were pretty much out of corners, you know, at that point in time. So there's an opportunity to try to win the game right there. 
So there you go. So Harbaugh said, my defense is so beat up, I don't like my chances in overtime. And uh, uh, Greg, do you, I mean, ultimately it was a good play call too, the two-point conversion. It, was. it just wasn't executed. Was it a good play call? I, I mean, everyone's like, okay, he was open. Yes, but if you watch the play, Lamar Jackson has to move – shift up in the pocket with like a lateral quickness that basically no other quarterback in the league could do to avoid T.J. Watt and then throw it over his outstretched hands. I thought it was a pretty good throw. He's an open receiver at the goal line, though, Greg. I know what you're saying, but it was not as What I'm saying is how great of a play call is is I think Lamar Jackson did a pretty good job on that play and and Mark Andrews did a pretty good job on that play, like trying for it. And they're two great players and you couldn't execute. I mean, that was, it was a difficult play to look at it. I mean, the theme also that was that TJ Watt was in his face. He was in his face. My point is almost no other quarterback gets a ball that close in that spot, considering Watt never bought the play fake. So if you're going to give credit to the play fake, then you have to confuse TJ Watt on that play. And he read it and he had a monster game. So, and also, I think part of this, uh, Mark, when when you were kind of all in on the Steelers being all out, we know the offense is still limited. This is kind of who they are. They're just not going to score a lot of points anymore at this point, at least until they get a new quarterback, which is coming sooner, sooner rather than later. But I think the defense stepping up after they got embarrassed uh, by Cincinnati the week prior, that showed, again, that they are a team that they're not going to go out easily. And in Baltimore, on the TV show on Friday, I, I set up the Ravens by asking you guys, can the Ravens keep doing this? Can they keep playing teams so close and always finding a way? And they almost did it again in this game, but it just goes to show you like there's regression involved here if you play this many close games you're going to start losing some of them they just have to play more complete football well and if you the the blitz versus Lamar is for real I mean his numbers are staggeringly different and you know not shiny when he's dealing with the blitz they got to him today I mean last week Cleveland coaxed him into a bunch of turnovers I'm not calling saying that he's Teflon because he still does things that are really special but he looked like a one-man show for large parts of this game today and I don't think that is sustainable you get to the playoffs yes but are you going to go on a three game win streak in in the postseason with Lamar being Lamar and dealing and with what teams are doing right now. Well, he struggled for more than a month. The the red zone interception really hurt. They averaged 4.7 yards per play. Their offense isn't great. I mean, Sammy Wat- the, the touchdown drive at the end of the game was kind of amazing. Sammy Watkins makes a couple great routes and like looks like old Sammy Watkins and Lamar kind of has an MVP type of drive and you can't finish it. But the game ends and after the game you hear that Marlon Humphrey is out multiple weeks, Oof. their best cornerback. Patrick McCarry, who to me has been the key to that offensive line at right tackle, kind of coming out of nowhere and has been off and on. It sounds like his injury is pretty serious. So you just lost two more of your best players to a team that's been really banged up and it gives the feel that this AFC North we went into the season thinking, oh, maybe all four of these teams have a chance. And I, I still feel like all four of these teams at least have a chance now because of this result. Um, all right. Let's move on to another game that went down to the final seconds, this time in Seattle. The building is shaking with a single setback. Garoppolo looks. Ball is tipped up in the air. It's going to fall to the ground. The Seahawks are going to win this football game. The fourth and three pass was tipped at the line of scrimmage. I don't know who tipped it, but I want to go down and shake that man's hand. I might have been Dunlap. It was Carlos Dunlap, who's been quiet this year, but stepped up in this game. He had a sack. uh, That play on fourth down, saving the Seahawks in a 30-23 win over the 49ers, ending a 49ers uh, win streak. 
a crazy game here. By the way, the, the Niners took over after an incredible goal line stand that ended in a Gerald Everett turnover. And Gerald Everett had one of the worst games you will ever see any tight end ever have. Uh, you will be stunned when you watch this tape of Gerald Everett and the Seahawks. Uh, they take over the Niners uh, at their own two and march all the way to the other end of the field and have that chance, gets the fourth down, and Dunlop knocks that ball away. And the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, listen, they're still probably cooked at four and eight, but this was a game, and I locked up the Niners, took the L. Mark, you have first place in the box challenge. I, I look at things long term. I'm not concerned with where I am in the standings at the moment. I mean, I the way Spoken that like a champion. the way that Mark was <laughs> celebrating every good uh, Seahawks play. <laughs> That is the, not during act, this game. That and is then, not true. And then when Dan came to the office, then that, it got quiet. Then then he didn't do it no anymore. No one loves the locks. And it's funny because he was saying how much he likes the 49ers. <laughs> that that is total fiction. And then Dan comes in and it's just total silence. Total fiction. An utter fiction that you've created verbally. I, I what a manufactured <laughs> joke. If anything, I like the idea of Seattle being taken out of the, the landscape, and I've been rooting for the Niners, so I wasn't sitting around celebrating I believe this. Greg in this case, because I know and well, this is course, fine. Well, of course you do, but it's, this, not, it's just not No, accurate. this is just yeah. fine because you do love the locks competition at a level that I think surpasses any of us. That's all. That's fine. It's cool. You're a competitive guy. You that can, does you not of, make Greg's story accurate, even though what you said is true. <laughs> I do care about the competition. It doesn't turn that into to a true story. I like I like your competitive spirit, Mark. Okay. I enjoy it. But let's get back to the game. 30-23. They got the stop. And I thought this was interesting. The Seahawks that we saw in this game. And this is a weird game. It had seven turnovers. Uh, it had the aforementioned Gerald, Gerald Everett meltdown. A drop at, in the end zone on a wide open pass that turned into an INT. A fumble uh, down at the goal line that almost swung the game the other way. Another fumble that he lost. I mean, it was out of this world. Uh, there was a safety in this game. Uh, but ultimately, I thought the takeaway, uh, Mark, was that the, the Seahawks, who looked dead and buried, as dead as the Steelers looked last week, um, they played like the old Seahawks. And again, they give the 49ers problems, even when the 49ers were at their height. And if, if there's one other thing I took away from it from the Niners side of things, man, you know... I'm not saying Jimmy G's the reason they lost this game, but you could tell Kyle Shanahan is just frustrated by the limitations that his quarterback presents in front of him. It was the safety where I, you know, they cut to Shanahan after Jimmy G is taken down in the end zone. You know, this is after they they were clinging to a 23-21 lead, and Seattle I thought grabbed momentum if if we're allowed to believe that that exists um, with that safety. And Shanahan looked cold and old to me on the sideline cold after and that, old. and he also <laughs> looked super steamed at Jimmy G after a later really bad interception. Jimmy G was later stuffed on third and one that led to a punt in a really tight game going back and forth it was like we get it Jimmy G is not the future but he's not even the short-term future when he's playing like that did Elijah Mitchell come back or was he out he did he came back okay that's good he he suffered a head injury but their ground game was a mess 2.8 yards per carry they didn't run the ball well in general the offense they got off to a nice start um oh I should also mention there was a (laughs) After all, all those other things I mentioned, but also Seattle opened its scoring on a 73-yard Travis Homer fake punt run for a touchdown. I mean, this game had it all, um, but San Francisco's offense was basically George Kittle being unbelievable. I mean, George Kittle, when he's healthy, is better than everybody else that plays that position. I, I, I really do believe that. His health and staying healthy has been his biggest challenge. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they didn't move the ball too well for stretches of this game, San Francisco, mm. and I thought... Russell Wilson 
30 of 37, 231, two touchdowns. He had one of those very pretty rainbow touchdowns to Tyler Lockett. And I thought to myself after it was thrown, I was like, man, I haven't seen that in a while. So I don't, I'm not, we'll see if it wakes up Seattle and they end up either playing spoiler or somehow getting back into the playoff race. But for San Francisco, it did awaken some maybe demons that cost them earlier in this season. Did, we'll did Lockett come back into this game? Because he left for the locker room at one He also too. came back, okay. yes, and he well, scored they, after that. They're in the NFC, which is the best news for the 49ers. So even with like a loss, they're a loss up on – uh, the seven seed, they're they're it, or the eight seed rather, they're in the playoffs. And the Seahawks, you know, they do have that. They have the Texans, Bears, Lions still on the schedule. They do have some tough games at the Rams, Cardinals. It is nice to just see the idea that Russell Wilson can play quarterback again, though. When you would have thought if you can put up this many points for the 49ers, the way Seattle has been playing lately, you win this game. But to score 21 points for Seattle in the second quarter uh, is pretty awesome. And this like. This rock, scissor, paper thing going on in the NFC West is like the one predictable thing in all of uh, football right now. That, mm. that like it's it's indestructible. The Seahawks have beaten them sixteen out of eighteen times. That's like that strange. precedes Shanahan even, but that is outrageous. Nothing would be more emblematic than the fifteenth seeded Seahawks in the NFC <laughs> grabbing a playoff spot in on January 9th or whenever that is. The game started in a very scary way on the kickoff when uh, Trenton Cannon uh, running back. Uh, collided with a teammate and it stopped the game down. An ambulance came out and the face mask comes off and all that scary stuff. He's taken to the hospital with a concussion. He's in stable condition, uh, remaining overnight for observation. And one note mm. on Kittle, just the second tight end in the past five seasons with at least 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns in the first half. His touchdown uh, where he danced along the sideline, his second score, uh, just special stuff. He is just such a beast. He's fun mm. to watch. They got to get healthier. They, they didn't have Fred Warner. They didn't have Debo Samuel. I mean, these are their best players. Marcel Harris, Emmanuel Mosley suffered an ankle injury. They need to get healthy. All right, let's move on. So those two games, saucy. Now, up next, the Detroit Lions. Could they finally get it done? Could they get a W? Let's find out. Well, you probably The Lions, know. 11 yards I mean, if you're listening to the, the show, you probably know. But have some people Four don't. seconds to go. Cold they call. can win it with a touchdown. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Right Back, now. looks, throws, ends up. Yes. Caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. They did it. Amon Ross, they brought the receiving end. Oh, they're rushing the field. They've done it. Three zeros on the clock. This game is over. It's over. <laughs> Jared Goff. To Amon Ross St. Brown, his first career touchdown. And how big is that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Dan Miller with the call. Oh, I thought the Lions would get the bongos, Ricky. <laughs> if any team ever deserved the bongos, Dan Miller, WJR with the call. And a great call it was. Lions fans rejoice. You got your W. Jared Goff threw an 11-yard touchdown pass to Amon Ra St. Brown. As time expired, lifting the previously winless Detroit Football Club to a 29-27 win over the Vikings at Joyce Ford Field. We told you. We told you about the Vikings this week. They could not be trusted. Greg, the Lions needed to go 75 yards in 110 seconds with no timeouts, and they freaking did it. It was one of my favorite games and certainly one of my favorite moments of this entire season. There is something about when the last team 
that doesn't have a win gets a win, especially when it's this deep. That is joyous. It reminds me of Cleo Lemon to Greg Camarillo to get Cam Cameron off the schneid in December for the Dolphins like a decade ago. It was it was heroic by Jared Goff, this drive where they just stayed patient and patient, and Godwin Igwebike made this great play on a catch, this running back uh, to pick up a third and 10 and get out of bounds. And I just kept saying, wow, they're not going for the end zone. They're not going for the end zone. Not one time. You get to the 12 and give Goff credit. He had great timing throughout this game. He releases that ball in perfect time before Amon Ra St. Brown turns around. The throw was there. The rookie first touchdown of his career. What what a way to get it. And, uh, Vikings fans are just going to be killing Cameron Dancer, but he was held by Jared Goff, who was looking up the seams with his eyes, where they'd been killing the Vikings all day because they didn't have Anthony Barr, they didn't have Eric Kendricks, and he had been going up the seams all day, so it, it looked in the first TV copy just like bad defense, but that was a great job by Jared Goff, and then a great job by Goff to immediately sprint to the sideline and hug Dan Campbell, who was celebrating like crazy. Uh, You did it. We asked you to go win a ball game, Jared Goff, and you did it. I mean, and yet we have been sort of pet Vikings supporters, and and that fan base right now uh, is as lost as— Whoa, 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 whoa. Not we. I have enjoyed the Vikings all season long, and that continues— Every week they play exciting, fun, ridiculous games. I'm just so happy I'm not a Vikings fan. Right, because I've it, supported their season because it's fun. This is an exciting, fun game on its own, but I think that fan base feels like they've been dragged through the mud oh, week right. after week. They it's were, an they absolute were down, nightmare scenario for right. them. They were down 20 to six in this game. If, if you're a Vikings fan, you come all the way back to take a lead. You, you think you're gonna keep it, and then the Lions go for it on their own 29 with 5 minutes to go up to mm-hmm. this was the this was ballsier than the Bill Belichick going up against the Colts play who they famously <laughs> did it you know more than a decade ago cuz they had, they had the lead in that game he goes for it and you know what the football gods rewarded him that's twice in one day Campbell went for it on fourth and one in his own end they didn't get it either time but i i liked it because they're trying to win it on offense, and if nothing else, it didn't give the Vikings too much time uh, to waste. They were either going to get their field goal or touchdown quickly, and the Lions could at least try to respond. They got the touchdown, which was not the outcome you wanted that the Vikings did, but at least gave the Lions a little bit of time uh, to go be heroes. I think the the Viking, and it's just it's funny because it's been saying like they could beat any team. They could lose to any team. And now, and I'll use the power rankings as the framing because I'm known to do that. The Packers are the number one team in the power rankings. They beat the Packers. The Lions entering Sunday were the number 32 team in the power rankings. They've now been beaten by the Lions. And it's just like, I, and you've been, you've been mentioning this, Mark, at times, that Mike Zimmer is a guy who could be in trouble. I think if Zimmer, there's a pretty decent chance he goes in January. And if it happens, you could trace it right back to what happened here because not only mm. just the, the frustrations building within that organization, within the fan base, and to let this game g- get away in the wide-open NFC, and you just never know. Again, let's not get ahead of ourselves and say the Vikings are dead now because the NFC is a total free-for-all. Uh, Only one Exactly. Back. But like, if they end up dropping another one of these type of games or you know just fall short and he gets fired, well, remember this game on December 5th. And speaking of remembering, uh, Dan Campbell, this was really nice. 
uh, after the game in this press conference, Campbell gave the game ball uh, to, uh, you know, he dedicated the game to the victims of the Oxford shooting, that horrible tragedy that happened in Michigan last week, the school shooting. Uh, he named uh, the victims. He said those names will never be forgotten, and that was incredibly meaningful, uh, I imagine, for that region because that was uh, such a horrible thing uh, that happened. So just like in a season of such frustration and uh, for the Lions, this was a nice moment. Yeah, and you know, I have often found Jared Goff um, to be a little vacant in terms of being an electrifying personality. But he spoke after the game as well about the Oxford incident um, and was brought to tears. Uh, and I just think like it kind of shows you that regionally, but nationally, that that was um, on their hearts. It was a huge moment. And I will say this: um, if you're the Vikings. You have a game coming up against the Steelers on Thursday night. That becomes a massive Thursday night showdown. The the injuries are such a huge story. Before the game, we found out that both those linebackers I mentioned were out. Their left tackle, Christian Derrissaw, was out. Cam Bynum, who's played great lately, was out. Patrick Peterson was out. And Adam Thielen went out during this game, which helped Justin Jefferson go off for another 11 for 182. He's on Cooper Cup's uh, tail, I think, for this Offensive Player of the Year. It was not enough. It was not a fluke either. Kirk Cousins got away with a couple uh, would-be interceptions. Dan Campbell was is calling the plays and was really out foxing Zimmer, at least for the first half. Then it, it kind of slowed down, but they were going up. That doesn't cool Zimmer's seat. No. <laughs> no, Zimmer's seat is warming up. All right, let us uh, move up. By the way, I, I had asked Rick and Gravedigger to pull the Paul Allen Vikings call, and he was very even-keeled because it's like, first of all, Paul Allen's been doing it a long time. Like, as a Vikings fan, you kind of see this stuff coming now. It's just like, every this week. is what happens right. with this team. That was, it's a stage play for him. Was, it's the same yeah. role every week. That was next level. Unbelievable. Wow. All right, let's uh, head to Cincinnati, uh, where the Bengals couldn't possibly be stopped. Or could they? <laughs> now they go jumbo, mix it, bounces. Right ball on the ground, Marcus scooped up. His face in his hand. Scooped up by Tavon Campbell. 40, 30, huh? 20, 10, Touchdown, Chargers! 60-yard fumble return for Tavon Campbell. Oh, money, the voice of God. On the Around the NFL podcast, Power Rankings cohort, he had the call for KYSR. Tavon Campbell returned to Joe Mixon fumble, 61 yards for a score, helping the Chargers hold off the Bengals 41-22 Greg this was a game defined by streaks 24 straight for the Bolts to start the game 22 straight for the Bengals after that and then 17 straight by the Bolts to close out after that and it was the Campbell play that changed everything it it was it was one of seven turnovers and I think the Chargers had had three straight at one point and hence the (laughs) The Bengals scoring 22 unanswered, and the Bengals are going in for what would have been a go-ahead score midway through the third quarter. I mean, the Chargers, if nothing else, they're doing their Charger in a little earlier this mm, year. That's a good way to do it. Get it out of the way, not right. at the end of the they game. They were up 24 nothing mid-second quarter, and then they were holding on to a 24-22 to lead while the Bengals wow. are driving mid-third quarter. One quarter later, like 12, 14 minutes of game – or 15 minutes of game time later – that fumble changed it. Eckler had a couple fumbles. Mixon had a couple. So, you know, great players kind of giving up the ball. But I thought it was deserved because the the one constant throughout this game was they got after Joe Burrow. And I was 
kind of shocked by that because the Chargers have not been good in their terms of their pass rush all season. Joey Bosa got a concussion in this game. If you remember last year, he was out for a long time with a pair of concussions. Uh-oh. So that is a, a big-time concern for the Chargers. And that was very early in this game. And yet, as it kept coming, Burrow played fantastic. He had one of the best uh, performances in a quarterback that ended up getting blown out. I've seen with a bad hand, right? It, with a pinky hurt, making good decisions, throwing the ball against pressure it was not on Joe Burrow. Uh, but the the Chargers kept getting them in the running game. They they were getting mixing for negative plays, including that forced fumble was a a jackknife into the backfield. And the Bengals were short two offensive linemen. I can hear the Wesseling brothers say say that they were injured. Okay, they're injured. Speaking Nick. of the Wesseling they brothers, were yeah, I was uh, yeah. guys. And I don't want to hear Nick Wesseling. You know, Nick, love him. He's the best. But he's getting uh, – after the game – when it's 24-zip, he's texting us. And he's saying, I actually had two recordings, one to go against the Bengals, one to go uh, with the Chargers, and I sent the wrong one. It's like, nah, bro. No, he didn't say he sent the wrong one. He, he no, just, he said well, he, he said – not the accidentally, right, okay. but he said yeah, he yeah. made the wrong decision. Yes. I think he's sort of maybe, you know, removing himself Get from the, the rest fence. of the group, saying I was on, you know, on both sides of the fence. But um, infighting <laughs> seems to be a consistent uh, problem for that group. It, it's good. Do you well, believe that, by the way? Do you believe that he actually made a recording? Oh, abs- I absolutely believe that he made two recordings and he was debating. And, Nick, yeah. send me the other recording with a timestamp, please. <laughs> it makes sense, though. Both these teams deserve to be 7-5. and five. I'm sorry, Bengals. I don't think you deserve to be 8-4. and four. This is who you are. And the Chargers deserved it because— You called that, Greg. They they were dictating early. I like They threw the ball deep. They, they went tempo early. Uh, they— now, Mike Williams making plays down the field. Like I liked that when they were aggressive, they were moving the pocket for Justin Herbert to try to like fix their offensive line problems, and it was a very aggressive game plan. And so I think they got rewarded. So I'm not for doing that. this again. Where I, you know, fall for this is the team that I fell so hard for and went on like a one man PR campaign about how the Bengals yeah. can beat anyone in football. Well, it's nonsense because but that's true. Mark, it just- Mark was fired up during the early games too. And, and I, I don't. Did you have money on this game because he was no, not, he would not. I am was, not. I'm forbidden to do he that. He was right. dying that the Chargers were winning this game, and I couldn't think of why. Well, I guess one reason is that you, but you and I, we somehow like were kind of like we weren't arguing at all, Greg. But like you were very pro Chargers watching yeah. this, oh, that's very that's you know good. very juiced up, and I was watching. Oh, I love forever. I'm, I'm not. I don't hide it. I'm not walking around rooting for the Bengals, but it was more just like this. You're you know, for your I'm annoyed well, with Greg. Exactly, and and you okay. find out that and you. I should have figured this out two months ago. Nothing sticks from week to week this season. You stuck your neck out for the Bengals, and dumb move. And that is, and we talked about it late last week. Like that is, that's a tricky move because as good as they were. Uh, in those last two wins, it wasn't so long ago that they were, looked terrible in back-to-back losses, and they're just like they're just like well, maybe a better version, but like the Vikings, they could beat any team, and they've shown that they could lose and lose convincingly in a big spot as well. It's just why the league is such a jumble this year. And now watching the Ravens lose later, obviously they're happy for that. They're one game back, but they they could have been uh, in first place. Huge win, though, I think, for the Chargers to get this offense going. Guyton and Allen and everyone was making plays for them today. Two out of three and, do you weeks. trust them at all to do that next week? I don't care who they're playing. No, no. of course no. not. The Chargers are even... Even less trustworthy to me. But it is. Especially I, without Bisa. It is destabilizing to my eyes uh, to deal with this, but it is the new way it is. It is the right. way it is. If, if you like, kind of just like embrace the madness. Yeah. 
You, I, this has helped me with my power rankings assignment. Otherwise, I would start to have some mental issues over it. Just embrace it and understand it's not your fault when you get these things wrong because who, who can tell? Week no, to much week. more freeing to just say, I have no control. You control me. All right. I like that. All right. Let's take a break and then get to Nick Shook. Yeah. Wide snap for Stafford. He snags it with one hand, gathers, throws middle. Caught by Cooper Cup. 20, 10, crosses the field. Touchdown, Cooper Cup. Touchdown, L.A. 29 yards from Matthew Stafford. Oh, man. The Rams needed a layup. And that's what the Jaguars are. Let's be honest. J.B. Long, our buddy, hung out with J.B. this summer. Going to do it again next summer. Maybe even before that. In the winter. is Maybe the winter. Maybe the spring will hang out. Every season will hang out once. Matthew Stafford snapped out of a slump with three touchdown passes, including yet another scoring connection with Cooper Cup. And Los Angeles rolled to a 37-7 win over the unwatchable Jaguars. Hey, Shook, so we our newsroom right next to the stadium. I actually, when I was throwing out some trash, because for some reason in this new building, they say let's build a 10,000-square-foot newsroom with four trash cans. You know, we're talking uh, the the closest trash can to us is about forty yards away. The, here's the I'm with you that it is annoying. One second, Chip. You have yeah, to get ahead, up Mark. every every you know twenty minutes and walk with your paper plate or whatever and find a trash can. But on those Sundays in the Culver City office around um, three four o'clock, those full garbage cans started to have a putrid stench, and I don't miss that. That's all I'd say. All right. it well, feels that's more fair cleanly. enough. Uh, anyway, so when I walk to the trash can and I went to the big glass partition that shows the vista of the SoFi Stadium. All those happy Rams fans filing out after a blowout win. I thought to myself, I wonder what it's like for you to walk out of a stadium as a, a fan of a team after an easy win like that, Chuck, because the Rams needed it. Yeah, they definitely needed it, and Jacksonville came to town at the perfect time Shooky! You know, to, to break this, uh, this losing streak for them. It was one of those games where the Rams got off to another slow start offensively, and it was it's kind of like, well, they still haven't really figured it out. And then they hit halftime, and it's almost as if they realized, oh, wait, we're, we're playing the Jaguars on the other side of the field. Uh, we should be able to do this. And they woke up, and, and Matthew Stafford specifically with three touchdown passes in the second half, they mm-hmm. they cruised. I mean, they, it was an easy operation for them in the second half. The big thing for me, I think that, that really encouraged me for the Rams was, I know it's the Jaguars, so like you have to take it with a grain of salt, but uh, Sony Michelle. Breaks 120 rushing yards today on 24 carries Whoa. for a touchdown. That was a welcome development for a team that has not been able to run the football consistently for most of this season. And it helped bring some balance to them. And like I said, they just, they cruise. You know, it's, you're playing the Jaguars. The Jaguars, you're one week closer to the offseason. <laughs> Henderson, yep. I was watching that game and thinking they miss Henderson. It didn't end up mattering. Obviously, he was hurt. It was like Henderson would have had 225. The, the hole right. that they were blowing open for Sony ah! Michelle. We're, we're enormous, and I'm beginning to think like an offense where Laquan Treadwell is your number one receiver for two straight weeks. Maybe not that explosive. This Jaguars team. I mean, it would have been, been explosive it's like, what the are year we he was here? drafted. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? The one note that I took on this game, because I wasn't um, able, Nick, to track it as closely as you, was the look on Urban Meyer's face. Um, like roughly kind of late third quarter, early fourth, as if someone just had stuck – uh, slices of lemon into his mouth. I mean, it just—he does not look like he's having any fun out there on any level. There's that uh, memorable photo of Urban Meyer after he lost to—I uh, don't remember who it was—and I think the Big Ten title game in the bowels of Lucas Oil Stadium, eating Papa John's pizza on a golf cart. That's like his entire <laughs> season has been that photo. Uh, Dan wanted the, uh, the Aaron Donald to like do some things. Yes. And he was 
totally done. He started the game Good. literally by picking up James Robinson, throwing him while knocking the ball out, which was exciting. And then he totally wrecked shop the rest of the game. So, you know, right. it's against the worst offense I'm any just, of us hey, have ever seen. Hey, it was, it was a start. It's a start. It's a start. In a big spot, we're going to need uh, Aaron Donald to win a ball game, but that's that is a good start. Oh, yeah. shook. I like this Dan Aaron Donald thing. This is going to at some point you're going to meet in person. OBJ like the one yard <laughs> touchdown to make everyone happy at the no, end. That was, was fun. So do you, What do you think about the OB? Yeah, he's got two in two weeks now. Um, well, I mean, A, it was a jump ball in the end zone, and they were up by a ton of points, so it doesn't matter to me. He, had he also awesome saved his body on one of those. To be fair, he, you know that play, play that everyone killed him on in Cleveland yes. for not going for? The play that he didn't go for today in the end zone was five times worse. It was <laughs> way it was, worse. Like, I mean, the other one was questionable. This one was like, I am not going to hurt my no, back he's a on warrior. this play. But, um, <laughs> he, you know. What about Shook if we just put – I'm not saying you need to have trash bins for every desk – but just in different quadrants of the new newsroom. What about that? I'm stunned. I mean, you guys have state-of-the-art equipment everywhere else. Um, you know, you got great desk chairs. You got standing desks. You got yes. your names it's on the true. frosted glass or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I, for somebody who's never been there, it looks fantastic to hear this development about well, a lack of trash. Are you I not mean, coming to the holiday party? Oversight. We got the holiday party on Tuesday, Shook. I mean, you yeah, did choose well, you to know. move to Cleveland. So, I mean, you know. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, I was lured here. Like, um, Shook, do you have heated toilet out. seats in your house? Because that's what we have here at work, if you were to come to our work. They're kind of gross. I hear there's also bidets there. Yeah, there we, are. Not on this I've, I've yet to try that. Save uh, it for personally. the bidet podcast. Yeah. All right, Shooky, let's, uh, let's move on uh, to the next game on your docket. Can they, by the way, can you expense a flight for the holiday party? I would love to, um, but I think it's too late to make that manageable. All right, let's hit the next game. <laughs> Minshew takes the snap. He backs up. He looks. He is looping in, catching in. Goddard in for a second touchdown. Made it look easy. There's that guy again. Merrill Reese and Mike Quick for WIP. Goddard Minshew started in place of an injured Jalen Hurts. Led the Eagles to scores on their first seven possessions. 33-18, the final over the Jets at the Meadowlands. Shook. Minshew had open receivers all day long against the Jets defense that, according to some players, had no said they had no idea that there could be a scenario where Gardner Minshew would be playing in the game. It looked like that all afternoon. That seems like a lack of preparation, but yeah, you're, you're right. It did. He had 11 straight completions to start the game. Uh, he was he was very sharp. I mean, and he's Gardner Minshew. It's not like he's Aaron Rodgers back there, but. He got the offense moving, kept them moving to the point where late in the game, I'm sitting there thinking, come on, Jets, like take another two more minutes off the clock on this drive when you're already down two scores. We got to finish with a scoring result on every Eagles possession. I want some historical outcome from this game just because it was already decided at that point. Ultimately, they had to punt on the following possession. But before that, I mean, he was efficient and um, really paced this offense. Miles Sanders also got involved and was a huge part of their offense today, 120 yards on the ground. A Sony Michelle-like game, if you will. He left with an ankle injury, so hopefully that's not too serious. But the big story, I think, for me, besides Gardner Minshew, is Dallas Goddard. I mean, how can you not love Dallas Goddard since they traded Zach Ertz? He's he stepped up, and I think kind of owned that tight end one role. I mean, that's how he got that extension, and and he continues to. And, and in games like this, where you have your backup quarterback and you know he needs to rely on the tight end, you got two explosive touchdowns out of it. He so, wasn't. It was like uh, he wasn't even covered in the first yeah. half. And if you if you think that the Eagles fan base and those reporters in Philly um, aren't clamoring for a QB 
battle here or a controversy. You don't know Philly sports. After the game, Nick Sirianni was asked if Gardner Minshew uh, might have a chance to steal the job from Jalen Hurts. But with Jalen being our starter, I think he's played good football. Um, you know, I think he's played really good football. You know, I think there's been there's been there's been uh, times where he's been one of the best in the league with the way he's moved around, made plays, and um, you know, with his you know, we look at that quarterback rating and, and what he what he's had there, and so um, he's played he's played really good football when he's in, and so when he's healthy and he's back, he'll he'll be our starter. Hmm. Well, they got a bye week coming up, which might have informed the decision not to play him. They're just. He hurts is the identity of that team because their identity is a running team. Now the fact that they were able to run for 185 today without him shows it's it's not just hurts, but they were they were playing the Jets and that's only 11 teams. yards from Minshew. I mean, it's, I, I Minshew. I'm done calling Andy Dalton or anyone else the best backup in the league. It's Gardner Minshew. He's an assassin. Minshew is a very good backup. He's great. I think the only thing I'll say about this is, and this has happened with other teams with the Jets defense. The Jets defense is so bad. Yeah. It's like trying to draw too many conclusions. Uh, I'm 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 worried about the whole operation with Salah because I know they're undermanned. They don't have a lot of talent, and injuries have taken some of their best players. But they are just completely non-competitive on some of these weeks. And I thought that maybe they had patched some things up. They were impossible to watch in this game. Sounded like Zach Wilson though has a great start to the game. Like, what's the boy who shall lead us? Up? The boy who shall lead us on there. And this is my favorite Jet stat in a long time. The, the Jets scored touchdowns on their first three possessions. But after their opponent's first three possessions, they were losing by a field goal. You can't make that up. Random <laughs> kicker number 37 um, missed his two extra points and did not see the field again except for kickoffs. Uh, and then they went for two and missed on their third score. And then that was it for their offense. Uh, in the defense of Michael Floor and company and Zach Wilson, they didn't even see the ball in the third quarter. They had the ball for 70 seconds in the third quarter. Uh, so there just wasn't much going on after those first three drives, but it was progress. He came out shook and he was throwing darts and he looked comfortable. And that had been a major issue this season for Wilson coming into these games and looking terrible. He looked genuinely great early on. Yeah, I was I was really excited to see that type of composure and the ability to get the ball on the field in the first half. I thought we were going to be in for a four-quarter game until the third quarter happened. And, and like you said, the Jets didn't really see the football and, and the Eagles started to pull away. Um, but I like the competition from him. I like the, the fact that he was able to kind of go toe-to-toe with, you know, Gardner Minshew of all names, but still uh, uh, an NFL offense on the other side of the ball um, that, that, you know, he kept them in the game. The Elijah Moore thing is building steam, but still not there, but it's building steam. I'm excited about their future. It's just like you get, you can pick small things out of it. Like it's not a complete loss. Like when you watch the Jaguars, you're like, I don't even know where to talk positively about this team. Mm. There are moments of inspiration. It's just they haven't put it together. And that's teams like this that tends to be the case. That's six straight losing seasons now for the Jets, who are three and nine. And Minshew, I, I seek it out if you haven't seen it. Minshew celebrating with his dad after the game. He is a he's a funny dude, Minshew. He's I, got juice. Man. I don't know he what play. I don't know. I would love to see like what his day to day deal is because he seems really interesting. All right, there's one more game with Shook, and it is the other New York team. Oh, New Jersey, actually. There's only one New York team. Hey. <laughs> that's, that's what other people I mean, is that per, the that, person with that accent probably oh yeah, wouldn't, no, wouldn't be, be saying that so much? It's the be, Western New York right. accent, but I don't know what that is. Oh, yes, our bills are so special. <laughs> Classic Buffalo. Play action fake to a <laughs> rolling to his left. Rolling. I would Fire like to have some wheels now. 
I'm from Isaiah Weston, Ford. New York. That makes it a Buffalo. two-score game. Oh, that's huge so right there, minutes Jimmy. left to play. Oh, let us journey to Orchard Park. Ah, uh, we'll lunch in summer there. <laughs> Jimmy Cephalo with the call for WQAM. The Dolphins keep winning. Tua Tunga by Loa through a pair of short touchdown passes. Dolphins extend their winning streak to five games, topping the Mike Lennon lead, and it will be Mike Lennon, well, if he's healthy, for the foreseeable future. Yikes. Daniel Jones is going to miss multiple weeks with this neck issue. Anyway, 29-22-9. Final score, Dolphins over the Jimen on the most beautiful natural turf in America. Shook from 1-7 to 6-7 with a favorable schedule ahead. How the Dolphins do it on Sunday? Similarly, how they've done in the last month. I mean, their defense has really given their offense a runway to either succeed or or struggle. And today was more of a struggle, not on the part of Tua, who had a very strong game. I think he has four straight games of the passer rating over 100, which is good for them. But, um, I mean, we've seen this from the Giants kind of the last few weeks is that their defense has come together. So it was kind of a scrappy, grinded out sort of game that the Dolphins ended up pulling away in. Not not one that's super aesthetically pleasing, but because the Dolphins, it's like you got two teams that are kind of similar, but the Dolphins are just a little bit better in certain areas, and that's what produces a 20-9 to win um, and the ability to come through in the clutch. It's just something that the Giants still haven't been able to do is, you know, in key downs, uh, you know, they're 6-16 on third down. Not that the Dolphins were much better, they're 6-15, but there's just a slight difference between these two teams, and the Dolphins have that positive momentum going because they can rely on their defense and hope they get enough out of their offense, and they got enough out of it today. And I, I continue to be very impressed by Jalen Waddell. I mean, he is the go-to guy in that offense and and he went down with cramps and for a moment it it was like we're fearing a knee injury and then he came back and he was smiling on the sideline and it was like all of Dolphins Nation wherever they reside in Miami or otherwise they were all (laughs) rejoicing at the fact that their greatest offensive hope is still good to go I know Miami has um, a consistent wandering eye uh, under center but I I feel like the Tua experience over the last couple of weeks has shown you that he is accurate he's efficient uh, they've put the offense around him in a way that I you know with Waddle especially the connection has been uh, valuable for them like I don't know if it's enough to keep the job with the way they operate but he's making an argument for himself yeah he was they were one rare Jalen Waddle drop away from maybe having another touchdown on the board because he hit him on a quick slant and he had plenty of room to run and just didn't catch the ball. Um, so maybe the stat line looks better and, and maybe that's the highlight that you lean on. And you're like, oh, look, there's the connection. It's really starting. You know, he's got the job, but I think he's done enough in the last few weeks and we'll see, you know, they still got five weeks left. I think he's done a lot enough in the last few weeks to at least earn a right to the discussion for next year. And if he can continue this type of play and they can somehow like maybe sneak in the playoffs or be right on the edge, it's going to be really hard, I think, unless it's Deshaun Watson and you figure all that out, uh, to necessarily move on from him if he you know, finishes strong. You know what we I should mean- do? As long as this winning streak continues, we should not bring up that name as long as the Dolphins keep winning. We should have a moratorium on that name right. until the Dolphins right. fall. It's not us, though. It's it's the owner. And like... Well, we're we're mentioning him every time we bring up the Dolphins. That, that's fair. I just mean like that the fact that they went so far into it because yes. you said like okay he probably will have earned like another look. If they got rid of him after this season, it would almost be unprecedented for a top five pick with the numbers that he's had with the you know people. I'm not a big QB wins guy, but it's like you know they've won way more games than they've lost with Tua as the starting quarterback. If you go back to last year, they're like 10 and seven. They bounce back from one and seven. Now, most of it is the defense, but he does specific things really well. And they've 
they they have it's hard to get too excited when you're beating like Tyrod Taylor 17-9 and you're beating Joe Flacco by 24-17 and you're beating Mike Glennon by but they've done their job and they're they it is amazing for a team that we all said was like a mess internally yeah. that they Turned it totally around, and it, they've, they've it, set everyone It should up. be said, you say it's unprecedented that a team would move on from a quarterback two years in, considering all the factors. Well, it's also unprecedented that a, a potential guy could come right. on available, but we're not saying I'm just anything. saying, like, a, a pick that high who's thrown, like, 23 touchdowns, 11 interceptions with good numbers sure. and, like, winning games, it's, it's pretty rare to, to even be talking about it. All right. I mean, Daniel Jones would, like – kill a small family for numbers and wins like that. Oh and we, I, we and do I not like, know that and I he like would do Daniel that. Jones. He probably, no, I don't know. Well, maybe. Well, we don't know. No, that's Dressed like that? That's too hey, far. Nick Shook, do you fancy a barrel over Niagara Falls, do you? Hey, would you like to stop over in Rochester and get yourself a garbage plate on the way to Orchard Park? <laughs> that's my birthplace, that's Rochester, good, New York, sorry. by the way. Really? Returned there, return there 20 years later and in... was mugged there outside of a bus oh. station. So it's like, welcome back to the place of your birth. Ouch, well. Sometimes. Soft mugging. I had I had like a blockbuster card in my wallet at the time, so there wasn't a lot. Would you like to rent a videotape in Rochester, the birthplace <laughs> of Mark Sessler? Hard pass. Stay out of Rochester, Mark. You're no longer welcome. <laughs> All right, Chuck. See you, buddy. All right, guys. <laughs> Take a break, and then we'll hit the defending champs. From the 11, the snap to Brady has... Passed on the end zone, caught ball, touchdown, like not funny. Tampa Bay, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> not my type of comedy. Today. What are you talking about? <laughs> like Dan's mad if he only laughed like six out of the seven times. <laughs> what are you talking about? Gene <laughs> Deckerhoff. Not funny. WFUS with the call. Tom Brady threw for 368 and four touchdowns. Two of them to BFF. Rob Gronkowski and the Bucks move to the brink of clinching the NFC South 30-17 win over the Falcons that's three wi- every every other team in the NFC South is like four and six or something it's just like it's a complete slop fest and then there's the Bucks three straight wins for the Bucks they have a four game lead in that division with five to play um, it's funny, like, you know how we, on our TV show on Fridays, which everyone should check out on Saturdays uh, on NFL Network, um, we talk about when we get to the AFC South, we always struggle. Whoever lands on either the Texans or the Jags, like, what are you going to talk about for two minutes? I continue to have this issue with the Bucks, although they're this, you know, juggernaut, like, racing back to the playoffs, because I don't really know what what to add because they're just taking care of business. I think it's interesting. Gronk healthy again, once again, is such a important part of the offense. And you could tell just Tom Brady is more comfortable when he's got that guy on the field. He had 27 yard and 11 yard touchdowns. Brady's at 44 years old, throwing 51 passes in a game, completing 38. And we've been talking about it, uh, Greg, and we'll get to Kyler Murray a little bit later. And I know Jonathan Taylor is having a huge season, uh, but you cannot take Tom Brady out of the MVP conversation uh, because he did have a bad pick six that Marlon Davidson mm. showed a lot of athleticism uh, right at the end of the half that made this game almost interesting. But ultimately, it was Brady and cruise control, and he is just piling up the numbers once again. Yeah, he sees Gronk and man coverage in the red zone. Gronk's going to get that ball. He sees Chris Godwin in this game, period, and Godwin's going to get that ball. 15 catches for Godwin, the most of any player for any in any game all season. Matt Ryan took 11 quarterback hits and five sacks in this game, whereas they almost, uh, the Bucks 
that is their offensive line almost had a Golston, which longtime listeners will know is no quarterback hits, no sacks. There was one quarterback hit on on Tom Brady, and that's it. They the only thing I'm watching is like, can they stay healthy? Carlton Davis returns, and then Jamel Dean, who's the other starting corner, gets a concussion. Edwards is out because he makes the you know the funny vax card before getting vaxxed anyways, which is like the dumbest thing ever. So they they seem like they have these things, but they're piling up their wins. Do you come away with any concern about? what Atlanta did on the ground early. I think they had like 99 yards rushing when the Bucks had 11. And we know that Tampa's, you know, run defense um, can put it to teams week after week. Is are, are they? Is there any concern guess, there? Or we just I mean, I wasn't really concerned at any point watching the game. Maybe thought, not personally. Like, <laughs> well, like, yeah, I probably mean, getting I don't through know. it on a personal Were the Bucks level. concerned? You'll have to ask them. I, I, I couldn't tell you that. But I'll last, get on that. Yeah, they, they gave up some <laughs> yards last week. They the can't pass team. protect uh, Atlanta, and their quarterback can't move. And again, it's just like... They're a hard watch for me, the Falcons, because of that. And Matt Ryan, I just wonder there's, you know, what his long-term future is. I know he's, the money makes him the guy again next year, but is Arthur Smith watching this guy week after week and be like, man, is this the guy I want to go to war with for another 17 games next year? Hmm. That's not a popular opinion. Another I team that passed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones. I mean, they, right. they, they, yep. they took pits, but it was a decision. I, I just wonder what happens and how complicated, how much the money complicates any decision that they make at quarterback, which is not to put this loss or this season at the feet of Matt Ryan, but it just feels like he's an odd fit where this organization is right now. He is, but imagine like m- almost all of the rookie quarterbacks outside of Mac Jones being shoved into that offense right. this year. It's a cupboard is bare scenario. They, they, they are showing a total lack of depth or coaching by playing Jalen Mayfield every week. It's just like he, there's that one guard, I feel like, every season that like every – one who watches football a little just makes fun of because he gives up like four sacks a week and gets dominated. And that's Jalen Mayfield. Like the opposing team, everyone is fighting to line up against Jalen Mayfield and just like beat him like a drum. Get, you know, just Tough have, have some mercy. Take him out. Does not sound fun. Take him Does out. Does not sound Take him out. enjoyable. By the way, that's now 90 touchdowns in the regular season for Gronk and Brady passing your boy, Greg, Phil Rivers and Antonio Gates for number two in NFL history. The only duo to have more connections, and it's by a considerable amount, 22 more, Peyton Manning and Marvin Mm. Harrison. It's so weird because Brady's season, I would say, is not better than he was last year overall. Right, but and he wasn't even an MVP. There's no Aaron Rodgers. Right, that's what I mean. Right now, he's number one on my QB index, and so then you you would have a shot to win. Like whoever's the best quarterback is going to have a good shot. It's just a strange season. All right, let us now move to Chicago, where the Bears were hoping to pull an upset with Andy Dalton behind center. Murray takes the shotgun snap, straight drop back, flushed out of the pocket, rolling right, being chased. He tucks, he runs at the five, and he heads to the corner, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Dave Pash with the call, KTAR. Welcome back, Kyler Murray. Cardinals got their star quarterback back on the field, and it paid immediate dividends. Two passing touchdowns, two rushing scores, and a 33-22 victory over the moribund. Chicago Bears. Mark, DeAndre Hopkins was also back in this game. He caught a touchdown pass. Cardinals keep winning. I think from the side of the offense, you love to see that Kyler Murray had a season-high 59 yards on the ground off of 10 carries, and he looked good. He looked healthy, and DeAndre Hopkins had a couple catches in this game that showed you that acrobatically, athletically, he's fine. Um, The story of the game 
was this defense. This is, I think, the most balanced team around right now. And you almost forget about them because they went through the Colt McCoy thing. But this defense has delivered week after week. And they gave Kyler Murray and the attack the ball on four interceptions on the Chicago 28 Again on the Chicago 28, the Chicago 15, and the Chicago 12. This was not a game where Arizona playing in a pouring rain. And it, I don't think that's the best environment for this offense. They were not their <laughs> typical selves. Kyler Murray had two fumbles on those first two drives, recovered both of them, but he looked to be affected to some degree by the weather. There were a couple passes that wow. were off. It didn't matter. I mean, they're just, they were too complete, and the Bears are a hot mess. Um, it gets boring to even discuss Matt Nagy, but I do feel like he's starting to come undone on the sideline a little bit. He had this like winter hat on that was like <laughs> crooked over his ears because oh, no. of his microphone. He was just always oh. jawing at the refs. At one point, Cliff Kingsbury um, bumped his mouth into a shoulder pad of a Cardinals player and was like spitting blood out of his mouth. Uh, they, they cut what? to like... Bears consultant Mike Pettin up in the booth, and he just looks sad and lost. So it was a long Wait, day. Wait, what is Mike Pettin doing? I didn't know he he's, was, he's a consultant a on the. Consultant. He's a consultant on the team, you know. And he they cut to one of those booths with everyone. It just I, I was like, that's Mike Pettin. He's just staring out How much at is the that clouds. Paying? How much do you think he gets gets paid? Like our that? salary times eight or something. I mean, please. Do you think yeah. Mike Pettin gets paid three hundred grand for that? Yes, more. Mm. We have yeah, some I think that's a good over/under. I think that's I a mean, good over/under. Well, I don't know what player minimum is right now. I would I guess a little less than that if I had to guess. But uh, good work, is, though. Gives a former. He's doing head coach. fine. I don't I mean consultant. No one knows what you're doing anyway. You so it's it's, nice you're completely do. fine. Like, there wasn't like shielded. a hot market for his services this offseason. Probably he might still be getting paid. Um, I want to do an impression though for you guys. Uh, is it a back. British accent no. from Western New York? Because <laughs> that bit kills. Greg is above that. What are you guys talking? I laughed I the whole time. That's why I'm pushing back on this. If I had a sour look on my face, it was because I looked down right when you were talking, and I was thinking, oh, I had some great Joe Judge points to make that I forgot. But, you know, that's what the Tuesday or the Thursday ship is sailed, hey, yes, you got that. You just, you just chamber that one. And that's, that's what the Thursday show is. You'll come and fly right, on that Thursday Here's the show. impression. Um, it's of Mark. <laughs> you, Dalton. Like that was that was something why? that happened during why? Why? during during today, and then another another impression of Mark during this game. Yes, yes, and he uh, was he was. Whoa, excuse me, that was disgusting. He was so fired up. I'm fired up during during uh, this game. He 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 was yelling at Andy Dalton. And why? Now, what now, is now, up when, with you and Dalton? I'll tell you by why. Way. No way, because like, like when intensity. Greg. Tells an accurate story about me. I'll say that's exactly Every right. Every time Mark speaks, Greg concocts some lie. <laughs> Not that time. I I just like want to see the Cardinals be like all they can be, be a dominant team. And they has got a little close at the end where like the the Bears with David Montgomery, who I think is, is the best thing they have on offense right now. Darnell Mooney had like one catch four quarters into this. They were just can I poorly just, organized. Can I just but jump in? I want the Cardinals to win. That's all. It's not only that, though, because what? you sometimes have it in for certain teams and coaches, and you hate the Bears. You hate how boring they are, and I get it. Yeah. And I, I hate I think it for you, Bears you fans. Want it, you want that misery to just <laughs> compound and snowball until everyone's fired and the team starts over. So I think, it, to me, having sat next to you watching football for 10 years, I'm guessing it's more burn the Bears rather mm. than yay Cardinals uh, it's it's definitely like a, and a special uh, intensity today there's no bye week there was a bye week for the Browns nope, maybe that yep, was no part Browns. of it that's so true so you were just like enjoying his the lockout I, of the way I appreciated it he was like 
fuck you, Dalton. I, it was like, my, had that when fu- you had, had the when Fugazi you, Cowboys lock on Thursday, so that was out of the way. No more Fugazi than Patriots over Titans with like eight healthy players. But anyways, <laughs> Patriots listen, were the you know the Titans were the number one seed last week. By the way, yeah, but that's like on a that's on a all. week up week to week matchup. You that's have all. to say that that was as Fugazi as what I pulled off. But Andy no. Dalton, to me, if you're doing what the Bears are stuck doing with him right now, you're at the end of the road. He's an end of the road scenario. I mean, it's this game isn't about Andy Dalton. It's <laughs> I like, know it's like a driving rainstorm, and they outgain the. What a weird box score that the Cardinals has have 257 yards. It's a short that they, drive. That they lose that's the, the turnover battle four to nothing. The Bears have four turn. It's just a strange game, but that's a move it along. Nice job. By All the right, Cardinals. let's Thank move you. along. Barring a defensive penalty is the last play of the game. Carsley rushed by three, steps up. He's got to launch it. He does. He's got the arm to get it to the end zone. Three Raiders receivers there. It pops up in the air and falls incomplete. Washington has won their fourth in a row. They get out of Vegas with a 17-15 win. Bongos. I would have given the bongos to the Lions. I I, so this is a, a, you can make the choice here. Controversial like decision behind the glass. But here we are anyway. Tyler Taylor Heineke threw two touchdown passes, set up new kicker Brian Johnson with the game-winning 48-yard field goal, 37 seconds to play. And they did get that stop right at the end. On defense, desperation heave from Derek Carr. No bueno. 17-15, Washington over Raiders. Reggie, we watched that last kick live together. I thought there was no way, and maybe this is just my Jets fandom and their horrible kicker situation coloring the situation. I thought there was no way an unknown kicker would step up in that spot, but the football team has some juice right now. Dave, they just have this feeling to them that, yeah, they're going to win this game at the end, that things are going to break their way, that Taylor Heineke, who throws an interception in the fourth quarter on the Washington's second-to-last drive to set up Las Vegas to go take the lead and then throws what would have and should have been a pick six that Travis Morig, their, the oh, Raiders' safety, brutal. on their last drive, just forcing passes that he shouldn't. And that's why I've kind of stayed off this Heineke bandwagon. He's fun to watch, great backup. Like, he does it all. But it's just like these, these loose plays have been there throughout the course of the season. You figure they're going to come back to bite him. Goes right through, <laughs> right through Morig's hands. And then it, and Heineke, to his credit, makes a couple good plays to set up that field goal. And they get it, and they get the win. But these games, it's just like these late afternoon games, they were all afoot. That Carlos Dunlap, you know, tips that Jimmy G pass. He has the open receiver. The 49ers could have tied it there. Uh, you know, we talked about... That amazing play by Lamar Jackson on the incompletion. Now, I'm not saying that. Watch, I wanted to watch this with you. It was a good play by T.J. Watt. But yes, two or three inches yeah. closer, gotcha. and they make the play there. And then Derek Carr, who I think played a very Derek Carr game, very solid, uh-uh. didn't make mistakes, moved the ball well, had two throws that he absolutely wants to take back. He had an open two-point conversion that he just sailed in the mm. fourth quarter, and then he had Zay Jones streaking wide open for a touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter. They ended up settling for the field goal to go up 15-14, and he missed both of those you, throws. If you're the Raiders, you want to be different than the past Raiders team? Make those throws. They Morig, were there too. Make they that were play. open receivers. They were Somebody's got to make a play, and it can change your season. And instead of being, uh, you know, in position entering Sunday Night Football to be in first place, you're again back to six and six, and again facing all the same questions, uh, specifically now about your offense and the ability to score in its present state. Yeah, I, mean, I 
I think the Cowboys game stands out as a holiday aberration because the Raiders prior lost uh, to the Giants, Chiefs, and Bengals and did not top 16 points in any of those games. Their schedule, as much as any of these muddled, bizarre, you know, middling teams vying for playoff spots, is rough. They've got the Chiefs, the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts, and the Chargers to close the season. Mm. And no Darren Waller today was was a killer. I wasn't too surprised that they didn't move the football that well. I was surprised by the Washington football team's social media account after the game. Uh, I don't know if you you saw this, uh, Dan, uh, but they have a a picture photoshopped of Terry McLaurin uh, spray painting, Welcome to Ass Vegas. No, 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 no. It's L... O S S loss. Oh, Vegas. I thought that was A. <laughs> Had they done been, what you said, that, Greg, been that would way be yeah. better. <laughs> Las Vegas. Las Vegas would have been pretty good. That would have been a good burn. I thought it was. I was but like, either, wow, they're really taking this by the way, trash talk either way, social to another level. Either that way, that's stupid. Sense. That's a bad Photoshop, and it's tacky as hell. <laughs> and Washington should set, you know, sit out a whole bunch of plays. That stuff comes back to bite media. you. Las Vegas would have really I don't come know, back yeah, to bite yeah, you. I, guess that, <laughs> I was surprised that it wasn't a bigger story, too. I was <laughs> like, like, is there some type of really? like, amazing – I think maybe they played in a Super Bowl, but <laughs> like an amazing – Washington Raiders rivalry where you have to be doing, you know, no, outside of that Super Bowl, absolutely not. On no, Twitter? No. They play once every four years. Uh, they're feeling themselves, you know. All right. Well, good for Washington. They are, they're kind of a fun team. I just, I think Heineke's a fun guy to watch. So no, they're abso- in the mix. Absolutely. Antonio Gibson, mix. too, made the play of the game, one of the plays of the game with a third and one early where he should have been stopped for about a seven yard loss, gets the first down, ends up setting up their first touchdown, was right on the goal line. Like, he's been awesome. All right. Let's take a break and then we finish out we got two more games Moelle Cox motions to the left side they give off to Taylor right up the gut touchdown I-N-D-Y Jonathan Taylor with his second rushing score in the ball game and the Colts have broken it open 20 to nothing Jonathan Taylor was back on his game the MVP candidate ran for 143 and two touchdowns and the Colts roll to an easy 31 zip win over the hapless Texans. That was uh, Matt Taylor, Matt Taylor, by the way, WFNI. Uh, Texans turned the ball over twice in the first quarter. Tyrod Taylor got benched. What a weird year he's had. And the Texans, Mark, are 2-10. and ten. Yeah, I don't think uh, we need to unfurl like a verbal Russian novel on this game. Uh, it went according to plan for the Colts who regularly hammer terrible teams like this. They got off to a little bit of a slow start on offense, but the, their defense had the two takeaways that led to a touchdown early on and a missed field goal. But then it's like you're waiting for Houston, um, as we have been all season, to awaken on any level. They had 48 yards at half, three first downs, five of six drives went for less than eight yards. Uh, it was a disastrous showing by up there with Jacksonville, the least watchable attack around um, with very little hope. I mean, I don't know what you just need. You cannot, the offseason cannot come quickly enough for them. Uh, the Colts, they just took care of business. Uh, they, To me, they showed their defense right now, which leads the league in takeaways, points off turnovers and forced fumbles. Put it to te- put it to the Texans early, and there was just no coming out. David Coley finally, to me, looks like someone who's sort of being kept there against his will. On the sideline. Yeah, we don't need a 17th game for some of these teams. Like, it feels so late for the Texans. They dropped back to pass 31 times today, and they ended up with 57 yards. 
That that's yeah. next that's next level. I have two. It's um, not pro football. It just it was hard to watch. If I if I became a head coach, there's two things I would immediately try to do: game management. Ooh, let's hear here, it. here it is. Don't well, you're give, this so late in the show. Don't give Jonathan Taylor or guys like him 32 carries in a game like this. This this stuff uh, happens all the time. Yeah. The I other do. thing the other thing, and I really think this is gonna take over someday. There's so many teams that snap the ball with like 15 seconds left when they're up two or three scores, like throughout the whole second half of the game, like with 12 minutes left. Like, start already milking the clock uh, much earlier. It adds up. I like that it a adds lot. up so fast. And, right. and, and and even like the Patriots do it, they'll snap it with like 20 seconds, up 17 points with 12 minutes. Just you know, come. I on. think yeah, those are my two things. We we talk about the running clock would work in a game like this. Just let's get home. Let's get out of here. It's it's about healthy and safety. I, there was a couple weeks ago. I think a Bills game where they were blown out an opponent and, and like Josh Allen's dropping back and throwing crossing patterns to uh, to Stefan Diggs when they're up 30 points. I'm like, what are we doing here? I mean, if anything, they put, fantasy owners, they put Davis Mills in. If anything, I mean, Taylor was a little, little banged up that he could have played, but, but you're right. I mean, I would just Struggle. melt away the final 10 minutes of games like this into oblivion. There, were, there was a stretch in the first part of the game, just like watching like the possessions where they just kept the Colts kept punting it from the 50 to the 10, and then the Texans kept punting it from the 10 back to the 50, just back and forth, three and outs, 10 to 50. It was like, that. that this is the Wait, last game I want to watch. Let me just really quickly read Houston's back, drive chart before we kill them <laughs> okay. for the week. Interception, fumble, punt, 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 downs, punt, downs, downs. Check you later. The Colts the cult simply massacre the league's have-nots. And by the way, the Texans, who again, when the season ends on January 9th, they will memory hole this season. It will have never existed. Uh, you won't even be able to mm. find it in the media guide. They are the first team to be eliminated from playoff contention. Oh, wow. It's December 5th. The, Col- the Colts would be the sixth seed in the NFC, but they're still stuck at 10 at 7 and 6 hmm. uh, in the AFC. The AFC is sneaky. Even though it's not great, it's sneaky deep. There's a lot of teams with winning records, whereas in the NFC, there's only five teams with winning records. There's a lot of good, bad teams or bad, good teams in the AFC. Like, there's a whole mess of those guys. Bad good is I maybe maybe would go good bad. The like I'll use your team, the Browns on a buy. Are they a good bad team or a bad good team? Uh, just flat out very annoying to the senses. I think they're a bad good team. The Steelers are a good bad. What does that team. mean? What is the and difference like the, between these? Oh, teams? there's a difference. Yeah, there is. The Steelers to me are a good bad team. They're maxing out yes. what they can do. The the uh, the Browns Colts, are a bad good team. Right, because the Colts we are assume they were team. good. They and should be better than They're intrinsically six. too bad to be good. No, because I don't think they're intrinsically bad. I think they're intrinsically good, but they're really bad. At, they're on the lower end of what goodness is. I mean, I should understand the Where meaning. Where the Steelers are at the, higher end, the highest end of what a bad team can be. I mean, they all sort of suck. That's how I feel about no, the Texans AFC. suck. That's, that's for Outside sure. Outside of the Patriots. All right, Sunday Night Football. Keep the drive alive. Bridgewater under pressure. Headed as he throws. It's intercepted by Daniel Sorensen. And Bridgewater can't knock him down. And Sorensen's going to go all the way for a touchdown. Al Michaels with the call. Here's the here's the good news, Greg. Teddy really went for the tackle on that one. So that's a positive. But that was the only positive of that play for the Denver Broncos. A game-deciding pick six by Daniel Sorensen that allowed the Chiefs to ease to a 22-9 win at Arrowhead. A game that uh, saw us once again, Greggy, 
The Chiefs' offense unable to really get anything going. They finished with 267 yards of offense, uh, so they were easily outgained. And yet, their defense, once again, picked up the slack for the offense. What kind of world do we live in? At a certain point, you have to just say that this is what the Chiefs are right now and that it's working. I mean, it was almost identical to the Cowboys game that they won 19-9. to it's very similar to that Packers game they won over Jordan Love when it was 13-7. to Like, think about the biggest plays in this game. That that was the biggest one, the, the Teddy pick six off the tip pass. There was the Teddy interception that was just a bad decision in the second uh, half. There was the fourth down stop on the 20-yard, uh, the 20-play drive. And then there was the special teams recovery of the fumble that they had. None of those plays were offensive plays. They're like the Vikings where they go and get an opening drive touchdown every week. And then they don't really do much the rest of the game. And that's fine. At least it's fine right now. Well, I mean, their defense is legit. They've allowed under 20 points per game since October 10th, essentially. Uh, They have transformed on that side of the ball after a big narrative being how you know, self-destructive they were. I mean, and their offense... It wasn't even narrative. They were, like, statistically the worst defense through well, five weeks just in, like, we history. Ta- we right. talked about it. I just t- mean it's crazy that that kind of turnaround. Right. I mean, I just... I mean, I don't know. I This game frustrates me from a from a Broncos angle. Maybe we want to get into another way. Well, I, no, I, it frustrates me from a... Before we turn to the Broncos, a Chiefs angle. I mean, I guess I'm still not ready to live in a world where we've now processed that the, the Chiefs right now win because of their defense. I still don't understand how we got to this place. I still I see Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, and I see the Chiefs with two timeouts and a minute plus to play in the first half running the clock out. I see the Chiefs getting a turnover on a, a punt and going nine yards on fourth and one, kicking the field goal to go up 16-3 instead of the dagger shot. It's just, to me, it's working now, and who's going to complain about a team that's won five in a row and seems poised we are. to win that division? I did. Uh, but I, I am too, because I still think in, this, in our league, your defense can look really good for a stretch, but you'll be exposed by a big-time offense in a big spot, and if the Chiefs do not get this figured out, they will get dinged and knocked out of the playoffs earlier than people think. Now, the other side of the ball, the Broncos. Uh, Greg, we talked about it setting it up, how this was kind of not Teddy's chance if you wanted to look at it that way. It's kind of how I posited it uh, last week. But Denver's chance to really make a statement, say, we are for real. We, we're going to be hanging around in this race. We have a chance to win this division. And it, they kind of feels like they were exposed as a pretender here. They were, they were never there offensively. Like the plays they tried to make down the field to Cortland Sutton has killed them the last handful of weeks. Six targets for 15 yards. You know, it's bad weather. It's like neither passing game got going, but they're they're not good enough to like survive a night like that where you turn the ball over three times. I mean, Fangio's defense has held Kansas City to 22 points per game in their five matchups since he's been there. They're scoring about 10 points per game in those it's just They've like lost twelve straight to the Chiefs. It's I just outrageous. I I feel like in in twenty twenty one, when you go into seasons like this, and it's not I'm not it's not Teddy slander or anything else more than just they are built to win with defense and a quarterback who can get them there when he doesn't make mistakes. 
sometimes, even when he doesn't. And today, when you get the killer mistakes from Teddy Bridgewater, you, you don't stand a chance to survive. You're a six or seven win team when he's not playing well. Yeah, their defense, part of the, you know, they almost artificially keep points down because they give up these long drives that aren't that aren't a particularly a good sign of your defense. You know what I mean? Like, that's why they struggle so much with the analytics, even though they're, po they're giving up not that many points. T tonight, they played well. And for the most part, the last four or five weeks, they played well. That's why they had won three out of four. But they feel like they've overachieved to even get to six and six. They won't go away because all these AFC teams seem like they'll never go away and they'll probably keep winning every other game. There's really no reason uh, not to. But of all of the teams, them and the Steelers feel like the biggest pretenders. As you know what you they are? Said. They're, They're a good, bad team. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now I'm starting to understand the, the definition. There. It is crazy, though, that the Chiefs' two leading receivers were their running backs. There's I mean, we're getting... Well, it seems crazy. like Daryl Williams bails Mahomes out of certain situations. So you had that... They had 22 points, so you had a pick six. Mahomes so. had 184 and an interception. I mean, it's like... What? Right. You had a pick six, so we're down to 15 points produced by the offense. You had a... Again, the the muff punt that led to the field goal where you went nine yards. So that's really three more points. So the defense special teams gave you ten points. The Chiefs scoring twelve points on offense in this game. It just it's the twilight zone, man. Well, you also at one point when they get to fourth and two from the Denver eight, it's thirteen to three, and they line up to kick the field goal. And we're watching this in the large theater area next to the studio here. And Dan's going kill shot, kill shot. Just go for it on fourth down. And Keep going and kill the, kill the Denver Broncos, I, and I they don't do it. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Oh, you did? A few minutes ago. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's okay. Was I not? That's one of the rare times that I was uh, ultra checked out while you were speaking. I normally am very that's, engaged with what you're saying. I, I apologize you know, I should to be you. offended, but I'm not. I, I do the same thing to you sometimes. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of shows over the years, Mark. It's deep into the night, you know. <laughs> it's been a long day. This, this game was not exciting to anyone. Even, like, Chiefs fans... If the Patriots were winning this way, you'd be like, oh, well, this team's resourceful. But even Chiefs fans, I don't think, are enjoying this. Broncos fans are annoyed uh, that this game got flexed into Sunday night so that, like, the whole country had to watch it. I'm annoyed uh, <laughs> that I had to deal with this. Like, Why don't we just end the this, show? This hurt yeah. me more than, than, like, I don't know. At this point, Teddy struggling hurts me more than the Patriots losing. I don't You've know invested what, I don't know a lot of your emotional being into Teddy's ups and downs, and tonight was the downs. It was, it was a down. Before we go, there were a lot of injury news right before we left, so just throw that out sure. there. That Marlon Humphrey uh, is out for the season. Big loss for Baltimore. That is massive. Uh, Adam Thielen has a high ankle sprain. That ain't going away anytime soon. Ouchie. That's pretty serious. The Vikings are going away soon. <laughs> They'll be so sure. I'm they just always, saying. I'm, hey, I'm Mark, saying. Have better. we learned anything, Mark? About between being now sure and about between things? now and some January hour, they <laughs> are going to be going away. is out for the season for the Raiders. Logan mm. Thomas, you mentioned, has a torn ACL. That was unfortunate. He came back. Kind of a cheap a, hit on a low hit on him. I think it was a block. Yeah, and now he tore his ACL. Made a couple of plays and yeah, bummer. Uh, all right, so that's what the injury situation. We'll be back on Tuesday. Um, Big holiday party Tuesday night. So, you know, before that happens, there's going to be like this buzz in the air, I would, I would think. You know, Erica and all the 20-somethings. Erica, your last holiday party as a 20-something. I know. So, I know. Got to make it count. Got to make it count. Really got to make Careful it count. Though. Justin, you are in charge of Erica. because Remember the night before Thanksgiving? You were basically her bodyguard, making sure she didn't get arrested or anything. 
Justin's mm. going to have to be that for you again. Yeah. I don't know if, Protect I mean, you. Justin is a very um, capable individual. That is a large task. Right. Plus, you work for Erica. That's not really like, well, it should be the other way around. Interest. As a boss, that's your boss move. <laughs> it should be in his Justin. best interest. Nobody to... wants a sober a Ricky Hollywood at a holiday party right. in a suit role. It's a fair point. <laughs> we want a rabble rousing causing trouble. Yeah. Uh, the, the night before Thanksgiving, Ricky... A very attractive blonde woman walks by. Uh oh. She grabs the blonde woman and tells her to take a photo with me <laughs> and yeah. tag me and be like, Oh, this is Dan Hansis. Don't you know who this is? And she thought it was the funniest thing. It was very Erica. funny, I think. And I was think. like, That's good bit, Ricky. Did the woman know who you are? Of course not. Like, you know. Why well, I would Los pre- Angeles. I would presume that she would. <laughs> very good looking. And Dan Dan was uh, uh humana, humana, humana. And I was like, I Take a picture. I, I, this is I'm a married man. I'm well, not like game. that. You were you just you weren't coming off as like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Daddy Big, you know, B D E. Daddy Big. Hi, B-D-E. I'm Mr. Daddy Big. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, don't you know who that is? That's Dan Hansen. I know. So Justin, you you will have to keep her under control. So which is it? You want me to be out you, of control? No, I want you, you to you... be out of control, and I want Grave Digger to be on control business. Right. Some semblance of um, non-anarchy from you. All right. Thanks to him. Good stuff. All right. We'll uh, be back. There's one more game, by the way, of course. Week 13, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, New England. Uh, The the weather conditions are supposed to be crazy. Is that still a thing? That's interesting. Uh, It's going to be a big game in the AFC, and we'll have a recap of that on Tuesday and all that other fun stuff. Thank you to everybody for listening. Let's get on out of here. Succession Sunday night. The strongest aspect of my marriage is when me and the wife get together and watch Succession. I know, but the show ends in like four weeks. What, ha- what happens then? Know. I don't know. Until then, heed the call. <laughs> <laughs>